MS sucks. I know. I've lived with it since 1998, and man, it's been one hell of a roller coaster. When people ask, how are you doing? I say, fine. Great. Really? Most of the time, it's a lie because we're programmed to hide our struggles. I'm not a doctor or a researcher. I'm just a normal guy talking from experience. And let me tell you, sharing those experiences with other people living with MS has made my life a hundred times better. So get ready for a belly up to the bar, honest conversation with real people who at first hesitate to tell the truth about life with MS, but eventually let it all hang out. I'm your host, Jim Fairchild. How you really doing? Snowflake disease. I had never heard this term before, but my next guest, Ryan Thompson, introduced this to me, uh, which, after hearing about it, makes a ton of sense because MS is different for all of us, just like each and every snowflake out there is completely unique. Uh, you know, Ryan has all kinds of symptoms that I have personally never experienced, but I bet that there's a lot of people out there uh, that can totally relate with this. Uh, half of his body gets super cold while the other half is fine. So every time I, he tells me about this, I imagine a sweater, a wool sweater on one half and like a t-shirt on the other half, which I think Ryan would love it if he could find one of those. Uh, he also gets pain in his legs, like pins and needles, uh, which means he has a hard time getting comfortable, uh, which you could see during the podcast, he had to lean to one side um, just to try to keep the, the pain at bay. Uh, sometimes he is hypersensitive uh, to where like parts of his body feel like sandpaper, like even if the sheets rub against them. He does deal with fatigue, which is one part of the snowflake that he and I do have in common. Uh, Ryan is 26 years old and was diagnosed when he was only 18, which is way too young. Dang it. He has goals and aspirations, you know, ideas and desires uh, that he doesn't let his MS stop. And I'm going to say something here that is kind of funny in a way, because when I see Ryan, you would never know that he has all these symptoms, which is what we all deal with, right? Where this is a stealthy disease. Nobody ever knows what we deal with. But when I see Ryan, he always has such a, a great aura, if you will, about him. He seems to be in a great mood, and and I would never know he deals with all this. So it was great to talk to him and kind of know what goes on behind the scenes because it's, uh, it's pretty amazing when I do hear about what he goes through, and then I see all the stuff that he is doing in his life that he is not letting his symptoms get in the way of. Uh, he is getting his business degree in three years instead of four, which is super fast. Uh, he and his business partner bought one espresso stand, drive-through espresso stand to kick off their new business. Uh, and then they quickly bought a second and are now looking into creating a brick and mortar coffee shop. Uh, so every time I hear about what they're doing, I'm amazed at how quickly this has taken off for him. Uh, he is co-leader of the support group that I go to. Oh yeah. One more thing, he runs a nonprofit called Endless Pursuit, which aims to give hope to those with disability. So obviously this is something that uh, is near and dear to all of our hearts. You know, I get tired just thinking 
and hearing about all the stuff that Ryan has going on. And I guess he is really tired too. Uh, he says he's running on fumes uh, the majority of the time. And so I feel a bit like a parent when uh, I keep telling him to get more sleep. The body needs it in order to heal, um, you know, to, to fix and repair. Uh, so hopefully my bothering him, my parent pestering, uh, will help a little bit. But um, Ryan grew up around MS. Uh, his mom was diagnosed when he was very young, like three years old. And so you can kind of see where his work ethic comes from and how it started. It really had to, you know, from a young age. And uh, you'll also get to hear Ryan talk about Margaret Swanson. And Margaret Swanson, in this instance, is not a real person. So if your name is really Margaret Swanson, just know that we are not talking about you during this podcast. But for Ryan and his friends, Margaret helps them. Uh, helps them laugh about MS by, by putting a face to it. And I am going to let Ryan explain how this works because it's a brilliant uh, way that they have come up with. So it's very fun. And Ryan and I talked for a long time about everything. So I am breaking this interview into two parts. So it's not like three hours long. Uh, and on a side note, I personally had one hell of a time as I was getting ready for this podcast. You know, I fell on my butt uh, beforehand, which completely pissed me off because I haven't done that for so long. It wasn't a bad fall. It wasn't bad at all, actually. But it was right on top of me trying to clean the kitchen, which takes a lot of energy, uh, trying to get something to eat, which again takes a lot of energy, and then a couple of technical issues I had regarding the podcast. So I was kind of at a tipping point, and then I fell, and that was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm, made me mad, uh, and it was right before Ryan arrived. So you will see why I asked Ryan the very first question I did and the way I asked it. So here we go. Ryan, thank you so much for being here and joining me again because we've done this once before, right? But it was uh, having some technical issues. So I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro, there are all kinds of different things that you are involved in right now. And I want to talk about all those as we get into this further. But I kind of want to start basic with a, a kind of easy question for you. Um, do you ever get fucking really pissed off that you have MS? Yeah. <laughs> uh, goodness, I love it. I had to ask you that because, uh, first of all, last time I saw you, you said you wanted an explicit rating on this podcast. So I thought, you know, why not just throw it right in there and, and get going? But uh, I was really pissed off earlier today. So I, I want to ask you that question. Yeah. Um, today, actually, like I, like I was telling you a little bit earlier today, but uh, for me, every time I'm sitting down, I don't know why. It just... Is your leg so hurting right now? Cold, oh, and then really? they're just like pins and needles, and so you might see me lean to the, the opposite side, but that's all right. Uh, pisses me off. I know. So, what do you do when you get pissed off? Um, I don't know. Lately, I, think... I just veg and watch TV. Yeah, it's probably not like the best thing to do, but I've been doing that too, and thank God for Netflix because I just right. found a new a new miniseries TV show that I'm addicted to, but 
I get so sick and tired of being in my brain that I just need to like, get bed. out of it for yeah. a little while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does that help your physical symptoms too when you're vegging out? Yeah. Because I'll, like, I'll just sit in my my couch. Yeah. And I'll just turn on a TV show. So I usually do TV because I noticed with movies, I don't have the attention span. Oh, really? I don't know. To or go have a hard for, time following them, or right? So I'll just turn on like a TV show and just I'll binge watch, binge watch it. Yeah. So so like half an hour at a time, you're okay, but two hours is a little bit tough. Yeah, two hours I'll always find I'll always pass out. Well, oh. it could also be that you're tired from doing all these different <laughs> things during the day, and uh, like I mentioned, you know, you're doing so many different things. What's a, a normal day look like for you? You're gonna hate me for this. Uh, I'll wake up at 4 a.m. Oh, geez. And I'll spend probably about an hour doing like paperwork and uh-huh. admin stuff. And then for your multiple businesses or yeah, your, your coffee businesses. shop. And then I'll go into the shop and I'll work usually a nine, 10 hour day. And then I will. Every day. Every day. And, uh-huh. then, um, and then I'll go. I'm in charge of the financial aspect that's like my part of the business so okay. um after i get off then i'll go and take care of like the bank and all that stuff and then um so depending on which location i'm at i have to usually run to the other location to make sure it's checking that out and then you do supply runs too yep. right so you're getting all the milk and everything for your locations yeah and you have two locations right now which yes. is very cool because when i I don't know how long, uh, when you first started, I think you were in this for like a month and a half or something. Your yeah. business partner wanted to get another location. So you guys jumped on into that. So, um, I'm very impressed. I haven't woken up at four o'clock in the morning since I don't know when, I don't even know if my body would do it now. Yeah. Cause I won't get home usually. I'll be getting home around dinner time, So like five or six o'clock at yeah. night and then, and then it's time for schoolwork. So I'll usually do schoolwork until like eight or nine. And when do you go to school? Um, it's all online, so I don't have oh, to. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I'll do like I'll have my. They have recorded seminars and mm-hmm. webinars that you can like watch um, for certain classes, but then everything else is just like your own. So how many hours of sleep do you get a night? Oh my gosh, probably like average would be like six, and then okay, let's say if there's something social or something that I'm doing that night, then I just have to push homework back later, and then I get less. Sleep. So less sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So would you would you characterize yourself as running on fumes a lot? If, is there something beyond that? Oh. Um, vapors? <laughs> I don't know. Vapors? Are, are vapors and fumes the same thing? Oh, uh, oh. So you're tired a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's understatement. Well, that's interesting. And, and, and I think I, I think I'm just at that point that point where you're just you're so used to it that like for me mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter if I get more sleep because, you know, I think at this point, it would just take so much sleep to get caught up, you know. Right, yeah. right. Um, well, I know that I kind of want to give people more of a baseline of, of who you are and kind of what your symptoms are and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I want to get back to that sleep point at some part because I, uh, that sleep part at some point, but because uh, I have... Because of the other things that we've talked about, I right. want to re, revisit that. Um, but you were diagnosed when you were very young, right? Yeah, 18. 18. 
uh, and you're 26 now. And so um, going back, what was life like before you were diagnosed? If you can remember that, I have a hard time remembering. It was 16 years ago for me, so that, that was a long time ago. Well, for me, I grew up with my mom having MS. She was diagnosed okay. when I was three months old. So practically like my whole childhood, I grew up with very familiar with MS. Uh-huh. But through like my mom's eyes, obviously. Um, she was diagnosed when there wasn't any medication available. And so just to watch. Sure. I think it wasn't until... She got on beta sterilin, but it wasn't until 96, I think is when I came out. And um, so at that point, any kind of damage that had been done was done. Right. Know? And so right. Um, she did. I remember she did Copaxin and she did not respond well to it. Where like right now, if that was the case with someone, they would have been obviously put on some other medication. But right. there was no other there, there weren't option. The option. Uh-huh. So um, I just remember her as a kid. She would. Uh, it was before modern convenience of right now where right. i remember she had she'd have to syringe one bottle and then pull it out syringe another bottle and oh, then geez. she'd have to mix it and then it was for her to do a shot every night it was a good hour routine oh no and and you were obviously you right. saw that all the time right and so then mom would just mom would always just go to bed about the same time we would and you know we'd be like let's say elementary or middle school you know we're uh-huh. up super late and so right we would uh we just she'd just go to the bathroom and i mean i just remember a few times i'd go in and she'd be like oh like oh it's okay you know like she'd show us but i just remember with her at least the copaxin just like all those bumps and divots and, oh really yeah and then um she gets really really private about her mess so uh-huh. i just remember several nights or days or months that she'd go on and she's she was really tired. And right. I just remember she she worked part time at for a bank, Wells Fargo and uh-huh. and so she I just remember certain uh, couple few weeks that where she just would sleep the whole time and she dismiss work and I'm like that just didn't make sense to me. I was, for me MS was mom's just really tired. Like, right. Like an insomnia or whatever right. and um we're, our family's really outdoorsy and really hikey. Uh-huh. hike driven and stuff like that and i just remember she would just never do it so i never really saw her struggle like i would say with that because she just never at that her, point i guess maybe she knew her limits or maybe or she, she wasn't just, able to do it so right. so did you look at your mom as somebody that had ms or did you just at that age did you think she was really tired because she didn't wasn't very public with it I think it was just because she wasn't really public about it like i mean we knew that she had ms but she wasn't very forthcoming about like all her symptoms mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So, um, like I knew about them, like, and she made sure we knew what different symptoms were. Mm-hmm. So we were really well versed, but we had no idea like when she actually experiences them because she was so, she wouldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only one that we would noticeably see was the fatigue because right. she wouldn't be awake. Right. <laughs> right. And then your dad was doing a lot of the, the yeah, duties Yeah, he was, the you know, the stereotypical, like, nine-to-five provider for for his business. And mm-hmm. um, he worked for a small hardware store, and he was the manager. So he, he'd, he'd go early and come home late. and. So you guys were on your own a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when mom would, would be really tired, it would be really fun because... She wasn't a really good cook, uh-huh. and so we uh, we we weren't cooks either. So 
dinner would look like cereal or something like right. that, you know? Right. Uh, mac and cheese. So, so for me, convert food is. It, mac and, and was that okay with you? Savory. Was that okay that you had to make your own dinner and and uh, did that ever bother you as as a kid thinking, well, my mom didn't cook very much? Um, not really. I think it was actually kind of a blessing because I think that it forced us to kind of take independence a lot sooner right. than we probably would. Because like for us, 16 wasn't really like, oh, we're going to go, you know, we at that point were expected. To, I mean, that was just part of, you know. Yeah, you guys had to take care of yourselves. And, and a lot of your friends probably couldn't cook a box of macaroni and cheese, right. but you guys could do that in your right. sleep. And, and we yeah. didn't have, we never had curfews. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, at that point, like we were expected to... Um, like uh when we first our first job we were expected to they never helped out so uh, mm-hmm. so for us to get a car like we had to pay for everything right so right um i remember being driven by my dad and my mom uh for the first like three months of my first job uh-huh. and you know, no matter how much they hated it there was you know we were expected to buy the car and as soon as i bought the car then you're on your own. That was on my own. And, yeah. Um, I just, I remember working, I've always worked a lot. I don't remember. Oh my gosh. I have a problem. You've always worked, right? <laughs> so that, that's why you get up at four in the morning because oh, you're yeah. used to working. Yeah. Cause I would, uh, I would do zero hour. So I'd get to school like for a seven o'clock class uh-huh. and we lived a good 20 minutes away from school. So, okay. Um, but I'd get there and I'd go to school until three and then I would go to work to work at four and I'd be there till 11. So I'd work for four to 11. Oh, wow. And so you've been tired since you were in high school. Yeah. You've never been, you've never had enough sleep. No. I, I'm seeing no. a, a, yeah. a routine here now. But the funny thing is, is I am not to sound really haughty or anything, but I'm actually, I'm one of those people that can see things and uh-huh. I'll remember it. Oh. So, um, like once and done. That that's a huge gift. Right. So, um, like homework for me, it's has always been easy. It's been really easy. Yeah. So, getting four hours of sleep, you were able to get homework done, and and do you think, um, because your mom had MS and you grew up with it, what did that mean for you when you were diagnosed or when you were going through symptoms? Does that mean that you notice things much earlier? Yeah. I would say, because I was, I was diagnosed, there was two incidents that summer, so I had just graduated, uh-huh. and then that summer had come around, and uh, there was one uh, incident where I was hiking with my dad, and my dad likes to stop and take lots of pictures, so mm-hmm. he winds up being really slow, mm-hmm. but not from like just physically, I mean, he just stops. And uh, at that point, the we're on this hike, I want to say it was only two miles, so it wasn't super long by uh-huh. any means and to get to this hike it was kind of a drive to get there so it was i would say i'd say we probably were driving way longer than we actually were hiking oh gotcha right <laughs> but uh we were going in there was this one part where there's a seasonal stream that kind of crosses it and there's kind of like some you know footpaths uh, to go through it and i went across it and i completely lost uh it's been so long. And, yeah, right. But um, I don't know if it was strength they lost or balance or, or what mm-hmm. it was, but mm-hmm. somehow my legs just stopped working. And I actually fell and 
um, you know, it's on the side of the, the hill. So uh-huh. I fell off the side of the hill oh, and geez. I think I went down like 10, 10 feet. Okay. And, um, you know, since it was water, there was like moss everywhere. So that was good. But, right. um, I've... did you notice that when you lost strength in your leg at that time, it was different than anything right. else? So or... at that point I was like, okay, well this is obviously something like I didn't, I wasn't, you know, cause you knew that it wasn't normal. Right. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm clumsy as a person right. or at that point. And, right. Right. Um, so it wasn't uncommon for me to trip over something, but, um, but specifically walking across, you know, like very, very specific steps at that point. Like right. It was very, I didn't trip over something, you know? Right. Like, so you knew your leg gave out. Yeah. And, and those rocks were dry. So it wasn't like I right. slipped. And then what was the next one? And then the next one was kind of similar. We were, there's a huge Lake Mayfield Lake that was mm-hmm. close to our house. And we went to there and uh, jumped off a cliff. And as soon as I hit the water, um, it's almost like the impact made my muscles just stop and so i just remember i just couldn't i didn't have any strength or any muscle to even like swim so i was just like floating and uh it took um one of the friend that i was with had to jump down and get me to the side Uh but we were on a, a spot where there wasn't it was just all cliffs so there wasn't like a shore to walk up like to get back we had to climb up this cliff and oh, i just remember um it like before then all the jumps off it maybe takes like a minute to climb up this you you climb up the roots and stuff Uh it took me so what felt like so long i don't know how long it actually took me but um we got to the top and i'm like my legs and my arms and everything just feel like jello like i just couldn't really like control them just like weakness and at that point i was like all right well this is the second significance and it was within i want to say like two weeks okay and so uh we we went to the hospital, and I remember we, we called them, my mom and told her exactly the symptoms, and I think she knew right away, like, right. okay, well, this isn't, you know. Um, and so I remember hearing the diagnosis, and for me, having all that background, at least with my mom, uh, with that, I knew all the medications at that point. I mm-hmm. <laughs> knew all the yeah. symptoms. Like, I could tell you anything you wanted to know. At that about. point in time, you were probably telling the doctor things, you know. Cause... Oh, yeah. Because we were there, and he's like, well, he's like, I want to run all these tests, and blah, 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 and uh, MRI, and he's like, you know, this, this is really classic MS, and we're like, yep, yep, we know that, and so I remember him coming in and giving us the diagnosis, and he's like, so, you know, I want to let you know the news, and he's trying to, like, kind of be Soften graceful it. about it, uh-huh. and we're like, well, can you just tell us so we can get out of here, and, and you know, whatever, yeah, and, yeah. He's like, so here's all these pamphlets on all these medicines. And I was like, well, like, I was like, I know that I would go on this one uh-huh. out of all of them. And he's like, okay, well, you know, so from going in there and getting the MRI to getting the diagnosis to uh, like getting on treatment was probably within 24 hours. Just no way. Just because. The, and so they were able to diagnose it just after the, so the MRI showed the lesions. Right. What year was this that you got diagnosed? This was 06. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, so MRIs were different. Than... Yeah, so we had our MRI that morning, and it ha- we had to drive an hour to get there because uh-huh. we were a small town, and uh-huh. that was the place to go. And then we went down to the doctor visit, which was probably a couple hours later. So he already knew the results, and then um... because you knew what was going on, how was that emotionally for you? For me. Um... 
that's actually a really good question. We talked about this like years later, um, but just the the quickness of everything going on. I never really had any time to like really go through the cycles to of process grief it. and uh-huh. and stuff like that. So never really got to go through denial or any like or, or get mm-hmm. past denial, I guess, mm-hmm. which is like the what the first stage. <laughs> right. Um, right. So. For me, I remember just, going through that for a long time. Yeah, so I mean, I had come to terms. I'm like, yeah, I have MS. Like, I, you know, I, I knew. Um, yeah. So. Did, I mean, can you remember? And obviously, this is a long time ago. Did you ever think that you might have it because your mom had it? Mm-mm. Yeah. So uh, you were on treatment right away, and did your body bounce back? At and that, time? that was the funny thing. So my body bounced back. From the initial symptoms with the steroids mm-hmm. and then when i went on avanex um there's uh some side effects that they have listed for like flu-like symptoms yes like that. i know they're those like, all too well they're like um you know it takes a little while to get you your body used to the medication blah, blah blah and i did it for six straight months and i would take the shot friday night mm-hmm and I'd be sick with the flu like Saturday and Sunday, Ugh. and then I'd go back to school Monday. Uh huh. Oh yeah, because that was my senior year. Oh, so you were so diagnosed that, so, as your senior year. Okay, so or in your senior year. No, I was. That was college. So mm. I'd go to college Monday through Friday. Work, right. Work full time. I was working forty hours, and then I'd be fine the whole week Monday through Friday. Uh-huh. Like you could not even tell I had MS. I didn't have any symptoms, and then. I would get, like, me for MS the first six months was just being sick on the On the weekends. weekends. So it was like a weekend job. Yeah. A weekend. Yeah, you couldn't do anything on the weekends. Yeah. So then, um, and then I did that for six months and I got really burned out. And I was like, okay. Like, if this is what MS is like, I don't want it. Right. I'm doing fine during the week. Like, obviously, it's not real. Yeah. At that point. So, so I did six months without medication. I was like, right, let's see what happens. And uh-huh. I, I, there wasn't any difference. Like, it just. And did you get an MRI? I'm looking at it medically. Did you get an MRI before that and after that? Or did anything change MRI-wise? Um, we didn't do an MRI until a year after the diagnosis. So. Okay. And there wasn't any change. How were you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm skipping around here, but uh, how, how were you able to interact with your friends? I mean, you're, you're 18, 19 years old right. and having to interact with people who are, you know, going crazy and, and, right. you know, at the, the cusp of college and, and right. life and, and how did that hit you? How did, how did you do that? Um, my school took the hardest hit, like social life and school mm-hmm. aspect of that, um, I just remember never really reaching out to a lot of people. I was kind of like, because I was a really big social person right. in middle school and high school and had tons of friends. And and then to go from that to like, all right, like I just don't have time like or energy. Um, I know did energy know, was a really big did thing. Did they know you had MS? And uh, did they? I don't remember hiding it. Yeah. But I don't ever remember like disclosing it either. Uh-huh. So I think I was kind of like in the middle Right, right. I think so, people knew that I had it, though. But I guess, I guess my my next. But it was is, a small town. Oh. So okay, I'm pretty I sure everyone that. knew that. Yeah, right. 
They knew they knew everything you're doing, yeah, right? Yeah, because I think in the town there's like 500 people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, kind of hard to hide that at yeah. that point. And, and a lot of the like my family at least they never, they never would approach it. It would always be they would talk about it if you brought it up. Mm-hmm. But that's kind with of yours or with your mom's? With both. Okay. So like they would never if she was noticeable like let's say she's walking down the hallway for mm-hmm. her holidays or something like that and everyone's there family and she's dragging her foot no one would actually bring that up they would only talk about that if she actually brought it up mm-hmm. so but that's how my family kind of processes yeah yeah I I mean which is not unusual but no that's not unusual at all because um... my uncle has MS so. My mom is one of three siblings, uh-huh. and he has MS, and he's the oldest, and she's the youngest, and then the, the middle um, hasn't had any like symptoms or anything like that. And does anybody else, your siblings, have MS? or? And then my brother has had symptoms of it, but he's never actually gone in to like, Get it tested? Pursue. Yeah. And um, is he younger than you? or? And he's three years older. Okay, well, I guess... There's uh, some obvious signs that it, it you know it does run in the family right. there. And it's all on my mom's side, which I think is interesting. It is interesting. So you said your school suffered. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. So I went, um, yeah, I went from, uh, what do they call it? Went from like honors program right. and AP and stuff uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then I graduated and college i was really hard to like each successive quarter Mm -hmm. like my grade point just went down like uh because i was diagnosed in november so like fall quarter i started out really strong had like you know a's and stuff like that and then the successive quarters were all fighting the abnex you know um symptoms and so i went from like four point i think to like two point something Right, and and um, and the friends. And how, how can you? You're going through so much emotionally and physically. There's no way it's, to keep up with school right. that way as well. Yeah. Even though you do have this amazing work ethic, and you've <laughs> always worked, and you still yeah. work that hard. Yeah. Um. So Ryan, you uh, you could say it kind of runs in the family. Um, how was it not talking about it? Is that something that was hard for you guys? I actually think that it made us feel like we had a sense of control. Okay. In in the situation where you obviously don't have control. Yeah, totally. Um, for me, you know, I uh, I felt really well, like really respected. Um, respected because, by who? By by my family because I knew that obviously they're always there to support, and they had right. tons of advice and you know love and whatnot to offer. But right. um, it was more on my terms. So, like, for me, MS was, um, I'm not spiraling out of control, even if I felt like it. Like, uh-huh. I could be like, hey, like, I need help, but it only be, like, if, like, on my terms, I guess, so. Right, so that you did feel in control by right. controlling when you talked about it and when you didn't. Right, because, like, for, for work, for example, like, um, same kind of way, like, I mean, they all, the upper management knew I had MS, so. Uh-huh. If I was having a relapse or something going on, like I knew I could talk to them about it and be like, hey, I need help with this. And I could be just very direct and they would be like, all right. Uh-huh. And then, but they would never um, talk about it outside of that or, you know. And you never got any flack for right. 
Right. And they were really great about like um, the first free few years, like trying to as I was trying to figure out what's going on, you know, with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It, they were really good. Like let's say I remember there was one time where I had a relapse and I had an IV in my left hand that was in my hand. So like obviously I can't write uh-huh. with it, but I'm not left-handed. But my the problem was my right, so I couldn't actually like I had so much spasm uh-huh. and like muscle control that I couldn't write with my right, and then I couldn't write with my left. So. And what was your job at that? Do you... And at that point, I was a supervisor. So. So you had to write. So I had to write, and uh-huh. I just remember looking back at those logs. Um, Pretty ugly. And yeah, it was with my left hand. And uh-huh. I couldn't even read it. Uh-huh. But yeah, they they never made any comments. Like it was like they knew. That's great. I mean, it's yeah. good to have that. Yeah. And it was a good manager. She 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 was going through personal stuff. Then she understood. You know. Uh huh. So, so right, right. So um, how do you continue? I mean, emotionally. I keep going back to this emotionally because I'm thinking of myself as yeah. 18, 19 years old. I could barely tie my own shoes, you know, <laughs> at that point. And you're hit with this lifetime, yeah. life-changing event. Um, how did you process that? If With your family, you guys didn't talk about it all the time. How did you process that? Did you have support? Were you able to talk to other people about it? Yeah. Um, I think it was so... I, I, I think everyone was so like walking on eggshells when it came to with me right, being right. diagnosed because they're so used to they're so so used to watching my mom and kind of like how she was doing everything. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to me, they they didn't really know how I would respond. So, but with my mom, like you know, I said earlier, she was really private about it. So, right. so for me, they wouldn't even approach it unless because it's kind of like your mom kind of taught everybody how to. Right. Treat that subject, so right. to speak. Yeah. So how did you get it out? I mean, how, how do you... Only because, you know, now we have an MS group that we're in. Right. I'm doing a podcast. And for me, part of me feeling better is to talk about it. How are you doing that at 18, 19, 20 years old? Who are you talking with? For me, um, I probably part of the, a lot of the denial process of yeah. that. Um, I actually remember going out and doing crazy insane physical thing uh-huh. to see if I could and um, so part of so I don't think a lot of people that were really close to me really saw a change oh okay at least you know like the social aspect I mean right I mean because um, um, I mean the only thing that really I think would be noticeable was you know the weekends I was just not available right but I don't remember ever explaining really why why I just was just didn't make plans and... right right and how are you feeling now I mean how are how are good you and I were just talking before that we started yeah. this podcast about your symptoms and how they're how they're feeling so um can I talk about how you're doing now <laughs> like uh that's kind of a big jump wasn't yeah, it yeah 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 I, I don't mess around. I... Right, right. It messes. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. Um, I think right now, uh, I've obviously I talk about it a lot more. Um, I think a lot of people know around me mm-hmm. kind of what I'm dealing with. And um, 
like for example, our, my job, I was telling you about this, but you know, like I have a business partner that's really supportive. Mm-hmm. So we have that clicker, um, that we use for. So for tell technology. people about the clicker because that was, that was a really good find. On yeah, your business really cool. So there's a part of our job, at, it's a coffee shop and you know, we have to tamp the, apply pressure to the coffee so uh-huh. that we can make our espresso. And, uh, you have to apply, I think it's 25 pounds. Uh-huh. Is what we needed. And I couldn't I couldn't actually, uh, a couple times this summer, I couldn't actually have that strength to actually do it. Right. And so we found this clicker where you just, um, you put the, you know, the normal tamper in the actual portafilter like you're going to tamp it. But right. instead you push the spring-loaded button. And... Gotta love those buttons. Yeah. Would you say it's like the Avonex uh, auto-inject yeah, or auto-inject, something like that, right. you know? So um, that helps your job. You can it's... tell we've had it must too long when we use those as like metaphors yeah the auto inject was yeah, great you know what that's like you know? oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah. well i remember when that came out and my <laughs> kids used to help me with that so that auto inject is the greatest thing ever so but to I have it i never used it i use it well i used it with copaxone i didn't use it with avonex i hated avonex oh i was like... not good on avonex i what well, that those flu like symptoms i remember wearing just i mean three layers of sweats yeah. at night and I was still shivering and I would go home and take would it on Friday. Would you stay like consistently cold or would oh. you switch back and forth? Oh, I was consistently cold. I, I could not get warm really? and uh, my whole body would shake. It was horrible. I would literally be like that and uh-huh. then five minutes later, so I like would bundle up and I remember I would have like 10 blankets on my bed, right? Uh, yeah. And bundle up and then literally five minutes later, I was in like a full-fledged fever, like super hot. And then I would like so stretch you're throwing everything, everything off. off. Uh-huh. And then as soon as I get everything thrown off, I'm back to freezing. freezing. And so that was literally that well, how, and until how, yeah, I was passed It's out so hard to get any rest when you're doing that because yeah. you're hot, cold, hot, cold. And, um... I would no. I was just cold all the time. Oh, that would have been awesome. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I, I, hearing some of the things that you're going through and some of the things I've gone through, it's like all these symptoms are so unique, you know, right. and everybody has them so differently. That uh, would you call it a snowflake disease? Oh, yeah, snowflake disease. Yeah, because everybody's You've never so. Really read that? I've never heard that before until you just said that at our MS group. So. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. It is, it's, it's so different for everybody. Which is so hard to, um, I, I mean, it's hard, but I think it's a blessing in the fact that when I do engage with people that have never heard of, or they've never heard about MS from me, uh-huh. like it's cool. Cause you know, like, let's say they've heard about MS from someone else, you know? And so now, uh, when I was first diagnosed, I'd be like, when I'd be engaging with someone for the first time, like, oh, I just met a friend or something like that. I'm like, like, oh, you have MS? Like, I have someone such and such with MS. And, uh-huh. and then I wouldn't actually take the time to even educate them because I'm like, oh, they, they understand, right? Right. And then the longer that we would be friends, then you'd start to find those little, like, okay, well, no, that's different than what they, they're they They're used to. Yeah. And yeah. And so now it's like, okay, well, when I run into someone, they're like, you know, you have that MS, you know, conversation. Uh-huh. The first thing I go, I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, that's great. Like, well, this is what MS is to me, you know, and, and, and I kind of go after that right away. I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, everybody's different. This is what I struggle with, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's a, that's a really good way to go at it because, um, you never know what somebody's going to think or, uh, what I always get is, or cracks me up is, well, I know somebody who has a mess. You should get rid of your silver fillings. Right. Or, you know, I know somebody who has a mess and you need to eat, um, mango from the islands of Zimbabwe or something. I don't think there's islands in Zimbabwe, but. But anyway, we don't. But you know, yeah, the things that we, the (laughs) things that people say, and and I understand they're trying to, trying to be supportive. But I understand what you're talking about. It's it's. uh, I've never thought about saying that's what MS means to me. That's that's a good way to go about it. I don't want this to sound bad, but I have my friends so well trained right now. Yeah. That uh, they'll actually come to me when they meet someone else with MS, and they're like wow, this is so different, you know? Uh-huh. And for they're like, I think they have a different type of MS. Like, they don't under, quite understand that. But, I mean, like Ryan, for example, he came right. last night, one of my friends, and for him, he's like, wow, it's so weird to be in the same room and there's so many different types. Right. And I'm like, well, it's the same thing. It is the same thing. Let me, let me explain. Um, you and I were in our MS group last yeah. night and you brought your friend Ryan, mm-hmm. um, who is super supportive and, and is there to, to help you out. And, and he was asking you beforehand, like, what questions should I ask? And, and kind of how do I interact with all these different MS people? So it's really interesting to get his viewpoint on it. Like you're saying that there's all these different snowflakes out there and, uh, it's all, it's interesting to see somebody else's viewpoint from it that doesn't have MS. So, um, he also said something that I thought was really interesting about you is that, um, he said before he knew you, he used to complain all the time and he'd say, Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm not feeling good. And then he met you and saw everything that you go through and you don't complain about all the time. And that changed his viewpoint on what complaining really means. Mm -hmm. Do you notice that with your circle um yeah i mean i know i have a great group of friends amazing group of friends and they uh have learned things by hanging out with me they're super attentive when we get together you know they know the things that i need so i guess i uh you know if you train your friends and they have been interested enough to take charge when they need to take charge um so yeah i I do notice that because they care Mm -hmm. you know they care enough to pay attention and want to know what they can do just like your friend ryan was doing last night because even i like my friends at this point um i mean obviously i'm doing a lot but they'll um they used to at first the ones since I moved down here, the uh, the friends down here, they would always invite me to every social event. Right. And I, it just takes too much energy for me to like um, to meet new people. Yeah. I mean, I mean everybody, but I mean for me, I I I'm I'm good at being social, but for me, I get overwhelmed if there's a group of more than. I would say 10 people and I, I do don't too. know at least one or two people. Yeah. So because for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I like, it. Do, do you find that small talk is really difficult? Oh yeah. Cause I just, I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I was like, I just don't have time for this. 
I don't, it's, it's not, I don't have the energy, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, because I've always been social and I, yeah. I, I love being in groups of people, but it's like somebody will bring something up and it, it's small talk, but my brain just doesn't function enough to be able to respond to what they're saying. Right. Which is a, which is a bummer in a way because I, I social being social is a part of what makes me healthy. Right. Um, but I totally understand what you're saying about not having the energy to yeah. meet new people. So now they won't invite me, but it's not like, cause at first I'd be offended. Right. But now it's to the point where they, well, they won't even, they'll, they'll still invite me, but they do it in a different way. They'll be like, how's your week been? And they'll keep it mm-hmm. in contact. So then yeah. they'll either decide if it's, Hey, it's probably a really good chance that this is a good week. Ryan will probably would come. Whereas, like, if it's been a horrible week, they, I won't get invited, which is really cool to actually be in that spot. Yeah. I guess. I agree. It's, I mean, there was a point where, like, oh, I wasn't invited. That sucks. But now it's it's very cognizant of them mm-hmm. to know that you're not doing well. And, and sometimes, I don't know if this is it, like this for you, but um, my friends will talk to my wife and they'll get all the information. Right of how I'm doing through her, which I think I've also kind of trained them, so to speak, because <laughs> I, I don't have the energy or the brain power to go through it all the time. Right. And so I don't get as many phone calls as I used to because I'm not good at talking on the phone. And so things change, you know, over time. And, uh, part of, I'm kind of bummed by that in some ways because I feel like I've lost something in that regard. But I'm very thankful in other ways because I can't really do it the way I used to. Do you, do you ever feel that? Right, right. Well, I mean, I guess it's good to know or to feel like you are known. But at the same time, we're missing that whole spontaneous aspect yeah. of life, you know. We are missing spontaneity, but I can't be spontaneous anymore. Right. My spontaneity has gone, which is a bummer because I love just, you know, having somebody call. And now spontaneity for me is... Hey, Jim, you want to have lunch? Well, it's 11 o'clock. I think I can be there by like 1230 because I need to, you know, go to the bathroom. I got to do this. I got to do that. And and so it, I it, think I was it's planning. Yeah. And then once I get to the restaurant, where's the bathroom? You know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? So, yeah, it uh, spontaneity definitely changes that way. But um, it also sounds like you have a very good group of friends that are around you mm-hmm. that give you a lot of support, right? Yeah. So that helps you with... Um, just getting through the emotional aspects of everything. Oh yeah, for sure. One of my um, one of my friends from high school was diagnosed with MS too. Oh really? And she, I want to say she's been diagnosed. She just hit her ten year. Okay, so before you. So before me, yeah. Oh wow. And um, my last two years, I went to a different high school. Mm-hmm. than my hometown one so the last two years I didn't get to see any of her journey through that so mm-hmm. um, I just knew about it but we reconnected recently and really funny way that she has dealt with MS is she she wanted MS to have a face because she, she was so sick and tired of everything it's invisible it seems right like. uh-huh. so her friends and her came up with the name Margaret Swanson and, nice. Um, MS. Yeah, and so they they'll 
they'll talk so much bad mouth about Margaret. Right. And so you, if you look at her Facebook or something like that, or, or she's like, damn Margaret, or Margaret's such a bitch, I just want to push her down the stairs, you right. know, and stuff like that. And, I love and that. And she'll get people that come and they're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, or they'll like it. And she's like, what's wrong with these people? They have no idea who Margaret is. Yeah. And yet they're like, like. I, I like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Margaret I hate is Margaret bitch, too. Right. Yeah. Who's Margaret? So we just yeah. want, to, we want to get these shirts to say, um, we can't figure it out. We want to do either Margaret Swanson sucks. Yeah. Or just Margaret sucks because then it's MS still. Right. Or if we want to like Margaret Swanson's a bitch or I don't know. Right. Something. But... It, it, which is great. And then there'll be some Margaret Swanson somewhere. We'll say, oh, I saw this shirt and I was so offended. Right. I, I, my name's. Yeah. yeah. That's great though. But that, that giving a name to it is, is because how else do you deal? It's yeah. so hard to deal with all these different right. things that, that we have to, to do. And, and, uh, and handle um you know because she'd be like oh you know margaret really wants me to sit down today and hold hands with her yeah or something like that or god i don't like to i don't want to watch tv all day with margaret you know right i'm sick of margaret right and that's why i say and that's like the very first question i asked is do you ever hate your ms because she hates margaret yeah you hate hanging out with margaret you don't want to do it and um before you got here tonight you know i'm in my house all the time yeah and I had a really hard time before you got here because I was trying to get ready for you. And, you know, when you have guests, it'd be nice to kind of clean up your house a little bit. And I couldn't do that, so I had to make a choice. Either I can hang out with Ryan or I could clean my house. Well, cleaning the house went down. And then I was getting ready for you and I fell, which I haven't fallen for a long time. So at that point, there was lots of cuss words flying and um, I just hated the MS at that point. Yeah. And that's why I asked you that question right off the bat, because it just pisses me off to have to deal with this all the time. I mean, you have those days where you just, you're you're trying to get through your day and then Margaret, your MS, whatever you want to call it, just <laughs> right. kicks you in the, in the balls, basically. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't think I'm as vocal. Right. So I, I, I kind of see get, that from the way quiet. your the way your family yeah. deals with it. So, so I think I, that's I like my 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 response in the moment. Like today, you know, like if I'm like, oh, my leg really really hurts. Uh-huh. Like I'll I won't like curse or out loud or you know, but I'm definitely like pissed and sad, you know. But right. Um. Yeah, like even like every probably everyone that you've seen interact with me today, you probably could ask them and they would have no idea. Right. Yeah. So that's just I wouldn't really connect those two. Does um. So I'm I I think I'm kind of different in that regard. Right. Because I feel like I want people to know I have MS because I can't walk. Right. And when I make a mistake or do something wrong, I just say you know oh, you know I have MS that's why I did that. So does that. I guess it's just a different way of dealing with everything. Um, but it kind of surprises me in a way because you have an MS, you, you're co-leader of our MS group, which right. is all about talking about it. Right. right. And then, but then you don't talk about it in your own life on a daily basis. Um, what's up with that? Right. Yeah. Cause, um, I, I'll only talk to like that close knit circle. Right. Um, on like on a daily basis or whatnot, like I'll, yeah. I'll reach out to them, but Yeah. I don't, I don't know. 
I guess I understand that in a way because even with my friends, yeah. there's there's that there's that time where I just don't have the energy. Somebody's like, "Hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm right. fine." I don't want to explain the fact that uh, I just fell down, or which I haven't done for a long time. Knock on wood. Right. Um, or I'm feeling like crap that day. Sometimes it just takes too much energy to explain it. Right. So for me, I end up being quiet in that regard. Um, well, I think it's because Margaret and I have become such good friends. Becoming friends with Margaret Swanson. What a concept. I mean, really, to know your disease like knowing a friend. Friends, you have days where you're getting along, you're having fun, and you're laughing. Laughing with your friend. Laughing with your disease. There's days you can do that. Then, of course, you have days that you're not getting along at all. You want to yell at your friend. You want to tell Margaret Swanson she's being a bitch. And you want to break off your friendship altogether, right? Unfortunately, that's one thing you can't do in this scenario is get your dear friend to go away. You want to never see them again. And that would be awesome. But alas, Margaret Swanson shows up again the next day and you've got to figure out how to either get along with her, get along with your disease, or not. I'm oversimplifying that because each day we wake up, there's all these different things that have to happen. There's all these things that do happen, pain and symptoms that crop up. But overall, it's good to know your disease and even better to laugh at it and be able to uh, make light of it. And, you know, putting a face to my disease uh, makes a lot of sense to me the way Ryan explains it. You know, I was diagnosed with MS when I was 28 years old, and I was just starting my career in sports entertainment. Uh, I literally had just gotten a job, a dream job, with the Colorado Rockies baseball team uh, where I was in charge of 15 people. Uh, we were in control of the Jumbotron, the scoreboards around the stadium, as well as the music uh, that was going on, the batter's clips when the batter stepped up to the plate. Basically, everything you saw and heard during the game is what we did. And that was, well, of course, except <laughs> what the players were doing on the field. I could never control that. Nobody can ever control that. It was such a great job. I mean, I, it was filled with excitement, but yet I was recently diagnosed and having to figure out how to do all this stuff with, uh, with MS on my shoulder. I didn't tell anybody I had MS. Uh, I was trying to figure out what was going on with myself. And then there was also high doses of steroids involved. Uh, I was in charge of, like I said, 15 people. And we would every day have a meeting before a game. And I was on steroids sometimes. My tongue expanded. I swear it filled up my whole mouth. I couldn't talk. I was getting anxiety, which I'd never had before. And that increased with stress, which as soon as that increases, then that decreases my ability to think. I couldn't make decisions to save my life. And I was making all kinds of mistakes because of all the physical and emotional turmoil raging inside me. Stuff I didn't know how to deal with. I didn't know even what it was. This is new to me. 
it was making me look it was making me look bad at my job like I couldn't make a decision you know I with all the things going on I, I lost complete confidence in myself when I would stand up in front of uh, my crew and talk the anxiety was so bad my heart was racing like crazy I swore that they were going to see we had to wear ties and I swore they were going to see my tie jumping up and down because my heart was racing so much. It was uh, something that I lost complete. I was so self-conscious that I couldn't think straight and then I couldn't do what I needed to do. So um, even though you know that was 15 years ago, I literally can still remember uh, the frustration constant confusion that I was dealing with and and the pit in my stomach I felt when I had to talk to to, to the crew before the, in those meetings um, you know, I was young and this was my dream job but my damn MS uh, was making it hell if I knew then what I know now maybe I could have laughed at it maybe I could have put a name to it and laughed some of my mistakes away you know, boy, I wish I knew Margaret Swanson back then because it would have made a difference. It, I mean, knowing or knowing that trick, I guess, knowing the Margaret Swanson trick would have definitely made a difference in my professional and personal life for sure. Uh, you know, just putting a name to a mess makes sense to me. Laughing at a mess makes sense to me. Cussing at a mess makes sense to me. Whatever it takes sometimes to get through. I'm Jim Fairchild. And I hope your good days outweigh the bad. And maybe if they are bad, you can bitch at Margaret Swanson for it being bad. I look forward to talking to you next time to find out how you really doing. <laughs>